athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Heart been broke so many times, I don't know what to believe. You're locked in to the dopest show on radio. From the press box to press row, I am your host, Donald Ware. I hope you're safe where you are, that you're washing your hands, using sanitizer, keeping um, as as clean as possible, not shaking hands, none of that. Um, uh, because I, mean, I tell you what, this coronavirus is extremely serious now to the point that, I mean, everything, all sporting events, um, a lot of gatherings, concerts, etc., have been canceled or postponed. Uh, when uh, we had the address from the Oval Office on Wednesday and during the course, uh, right after that, uh, the NBA announced that uh, it was uh, suspending games or at least uh, at least uh, postponing its season. Uh, we had a situation where Tom Hanks, the actor, and his wife mentioned that they were they were positive. They had a positive uh, test with respect to the coronavirus. I mean, so many things um, that are happening that to the point that uh, initially the NCAA had said that there would be no spectators for NCAA uh, events, most notably uh, the March Madness basketball uh, respective tournaments. Well, those have been canceled also. So this is a serious, serious situation um, something that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. But also in that same vein, because that's something we've been talking about. And um, I tell you what, you know, my daughter's supposed to have um, a uh, softball tournament this weekend. We'll see uh, if that is, in fact, going to take place. And it's just a really tense time, something that I don't know, you know, at least in my lifetime, that I've and I've been around since the 70s that I've ever really experienced anything like what we're seeing right now I wasn't around during uh, the world wars. Obviously, I uh, wasn't around during, um, you know, like the Vietnam War and so forth. And this is something, you know, this is something very, very serious that um, maybe we didn't pay enough attention to uh, at first. But uh uh, obviously are paying a lot of attention to now. So to try to take your mind a little bit and just to relax a little bit on today's program, um, we're going to be joined by Steve Weich of NFL Network, going to talk some free agency with respect to the National Football League today on the program. Uh, also had a chance earlier in the week to catch up with Miles Headman's basketball coach, uh, uh, Fred Watson, as Miles won 
its second straight SIAC tournament championship. Also had a chance to catch up with Alfred Williams, the head men's basketball coach of Xavier or at Xavier of Louisiana. They're not going to play in their they're not going to play in the respective games, uh, tournament games that they had. The NAIA canceled um, its tournament as well as the NCAA canceled its tournaments. But I'm going to replay the interview so we can you can hear about their respective seasons today here on from the press box to press row. Join us on the program. Why don't you hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Thank you to all of the outstanding affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. Those listening to us on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142. And those listening to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. As mentioned, had a chance to catch up with Fred Watson, the head men's basketball coach at Miles, a little bit earlier in the week to talk with him about another championship for the Miles Golden Bears. Um, another SIAC tournament championship. You had, you know, a couple of them at Benedict, and you've been in this position before in terms of being uh, in the regional. Just first of all, I want to get your thoughts uh, on winning another SIAC tournament championship, including in the championship game, sixty-nine to fifty-six over Albany State. I mean, it's just a blessing, you know, anytime you can play at a high level and compete and be successful at a high level, it's a blessing. Um, more importantly, to mark yourself in history and, and to do the first in anything. And this was, I had a lot of firsts here at Miles thus far. So it was a great blessing, man, and, and the way, you know, to reward the community and the institution for the way they got behind the program and embraced me since I've been here. Man, it's just to feel, it's feel good to just kind of be able to pay them off, man. And, uh, you know, it's just all been a blessing whirlwind. Yeah, now you were, were you you were down by 16 points at one time in this game, right? Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> but I mean, talk oh, man. about yeah, that. Yeah, we, we really just got off. Like it was just uh, it was a lot early on to start off the game, man. We got news that as the number one overall seed, and or, or they say not a number one overall seed, but a 24 team, 24 and 14. They told us right before the game that we're going. Gonna be the lower seed, and so we had to change locker rooms and change uniforms, and it just kind of got us out of our routine a little bit. You know, I had to refocus because I, I didn't, I wasn't happy with the decision. You know, but um, you know, because I felt we earned to be the highest seed, even though it's not a home court advantage per se. You know, just the routine kind of got a little screwed up, and so our guys just we just wasn't locked in like I thought we should have been. You know, we were we were worried about me particular was worried about some things that had nothing to do with winning and losing, so. I just had to regroup, and they, I had to make sure they refocus, and you know we 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 got the game done. But on the court, you know, let me not take anything away from Albany State. They had a heck of a game plan. Their defense was impenetrable. We 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 couldn't score. I mean, they they were prepared. They they were on top of our stuff, and then we wasn't making shots to couple that, and we were making a lot of defensive mistakes that we didn't make all year long. And so I told them the shots that they making is not over the top of our defense. It's it's out of our mistakes. And once we correct that we get the game back under control, and, and we did. You know, you've won 16 of your last 17 uh, ball games. You had a situation where you had won, you know, 13 straight before falling to LeMoyne Owen to end the season. Did, did you have to, you know, what, maybe what happened in that game, did you sort of have to refocus your kids to get ready for the SIAC tournament? Uh, no, that refocused our kids um, because, you know, I thought we, we were playing really, good, really good basketball. And, um, you know, and nobody want to lose a game. 
But to lose that game to very good Lamar Owens team, and I told them, you know, we had beat Lamar Owens pretty much by about thirty the first time, and and I just think I didn't think the guys was were focused. They came in with a sense of entitlement, um, like we should win this game, and we didn't really play to win the game, and so I thought that focused us more than anything I could have said, and I used that all the way through the tournament. If you don't think they could beat you, remember Lamar Owens, remember Lamar Owens, and uh, remember Lamar Owens what they did to us, and so. They're going to play different, and so that's that's just the mindset we had. It, they they were kind of focused because of that loss. Got I got they became all ears. I had their full attention, and then you know we got back to it. That the voice of Fred Watson. He's in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Miles. Joins us here on from the press box to press row. The Golden Bears going to take on Florida Southern in the first uh, round of the NCAA South Regional, and again second uh, SIAC tournament championship. Speak, uh, Coach Watson, to the play of Jelani Watson-Gale, 22 points in the victory over Albany State. But, again, he was he's the reigning Box Row National Player of the Week and was the SIAC Tournament MVP. Uh, Jelani's a big-time player. I mean, uh, he did what I expected him to do. I'm, I'm sure he did what he expected him to do. But his play was stellar. There's no, let's, not, let's not diminish or minimize what the type of play he had in that tournament. Um, he, him and Avery Brown pretty much willed us to a championship. I mean, he played spectacular. And, and early on at halftime in the first round of the game against Savannah State, I thought he was a little – too a little too relaxed um before the game you know we had a conversation he had a lot of conversation going on that didn't have anything to do with basketball and at halftime i just told him like you got to focus in on your your routine your, your preparation and and things that don't have anything to do with basketball you can't be concentrating on you can't be focusing on um and and he had a huge second half after that game and it was all downhill for him after that so i just thought his focus of the tournament became impeccable and and he just played at a high level how, yeah, speak to that a little bit more in terms of how he, meaning uh, uh, Watson Gale, uh, and then ultimately Avery Brown, you know, sort of play off each other. They're both guards. Brown uh, is also uh, is the uh, SIAC uh, Player of the Year. Um, it's, it's not compl- it's fun um, because these guys, both of those guys, are selfless. Neither one of them is selfish. Um, so it's easy to to get it done. Um, no, both of them root for each other. They they best friends, um, and so it's it's real easy. Um, they they both high skill level guys. Um, but Avery is our primary ball handler, and you know Jelani play a lot off of him. Um, normally when Avery got the ball, they don't want to leave Jelani. So Avery kind of can play one on one in the middle of the floor, which is his specialty. And then when you know when and when they do start leaving off Jelani, Avery he's he's so selfless. That he's willing to get a ball up, you know, and he creates a lot of shots for Jelani. And then when he made one or two, I mean, and good luck with trying to guard him, you know. So it's been easy because of the dynamic between the two of them, their relationship. Um, but then their skill level also makes it easy, you know, for us for them to fit into our system. Fred Watson is the head men's basketball coach at Miles. He joins us here on the program. Does this? I don't know. I, I don't remember if you had a 24-win team. Uh, at Benedict, but does this team that you currently have uh, remind you of any of your teams at Benedict? Yeah, yeah. So I had a 28-win team, Sweet 16 team, and a 25-win team with Big Marcus Good. But it's um, it's different. You know, it reminds me of those teams as we are a complete team. Like, even if we don't have the best talent, I think we're always the best team because the way the guys play together, the, way, the relationship that they have. 
Um, but I oftentimes get I feel kind of guilty comparing the two because all any team to another team because all the teams have been very special and unique in their own way. Um, and you know, I would, we, people always ask me all the time which which championship was the best, but they all were great in their own way. Um, and so I don't like to compare the pair any team, but this team has been really special, just like all of them been special, but this team has been really special to go back to back um, and, you know, leave no doubt, cement our legacy here at Miles, um, built the program right, took our time, and um, and uh, now we're off to the region to try to pay it off. You know, it, it's interesting because rarely do you have a team that is the best offensive team, not, not necessarily in point score, but in field goal percentage, three-point mm-hmm. field goal percentage, and the best defensive team. Like, that was that is your team currently. Yeah, yeah, man. Just offensive efficiency, defensive execution. That's what we preach all year. You know, we want to take smart shots. We want to take shots that we are capable of. Our offense is designed to put guys in positions they can take shots that they know they can make or have made before. So it's no guesswork. So the, the, off, the shots that they get and the shots that they make every day. Um, defensively, it's just hard work buying in. You know, you got to work hard. We want to suffocate. We want to try to play in the 50s. We, well, at least we want to try to get them to play in the 50s. Uh, our goal is to always play in the 70s. We just haven't been able to reach it consistently. Uh, just because of our pace of game, it's not because of, we can't score. Because if we have to score, we can score. Obviously, you know, we got two 20-point scores if we need be. But just our pace of play allows us to be efficient and effective defensively. Miles Hedman, basketball coach. Fred Watson still to come here on the program. We're going to speak with Steve Weich of NFL Network as From the Press Box to Press Row rolls on. Box to Row.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the Game of the Week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to Row.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box to Row.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And Box to Row.com. Your HBCU Sports Leader. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Broken glass in the hallway, bloodstained floors, neighbors. Look at every bag you bring through your doors. Lock the top lock. Mama should have cuffed me to the radiator. Why not? It might have saved me later from my block and why not? come here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Going to talk some National Football League with Steve White of NFL Network. As mentioned, Alfred Williams is the headman's basketball coach at Xavier of Louisiana. I had a chance to catch up with him uh, a couple of days ago for the first time since 1996. The Gold Rush winning the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference Tournament Championship, unfortunately, will not participate in the NAIA tournament. But nonetheless, a good season for the Gold Rush. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's been a it's been a long year, but uh, you know, we're glad to be in the position that we're in right now. Yeah, I mean, as an alum, and of course you played under uh Danton Jackson who was the head coach there for so many years, had a lot of success, has moved on now as an assistant coach. Um y- your your thoughts on again, as an alum, winning the tournament championship for the first time since 96. You guys didn't even win the tournament championship when you were a player there. Nah, we we got there as a as a player. I got there, and then as a assistant coach, I think we got here three times as an assistant coach. And you know, it 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 was one of those things that that was kind of hovering over us for a long time. And uh, to answer your question, as a alum, man, it, it it feels great to 
one, be able to call ourselves champions. But, you know, it, it's even special, you know, for me because once I took this job, you know, you, you set out certain goals for yourself. And that was one that, you know, regular season was something that we've done, all, you know, that we've done before. But that was something that I definitely wanted to achieve uh, just for myself and for the institution. And, you know, every day I go into the arena, I'll always be reminded of, you know, we haven't done a turn. We haven't won a tournament championship in quite some time. So uh, that was that was one of my goals. And you know, being a former alum, um, you know how much Xavier has meant for me uh, as a, as an alumnus and and also as a player and now as a coach. You know, I, that's the least I can do to kind of repay it back. So I'm I'm excited for the institution and whole you know when everything that brings that this winning brings with it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because on last week's show, we talked a lot about rivalries and we talked more specifically mm-hmm. about A&T and North Carolina Central, uh, the game that they played last Thursday. Now, I was there in 2011 for your crosstown rivalry uh, against mm-hmm. Dillard. And that, you know, I should have thought about that. Like, that's one of the rivalries that you got to put in there. Xavier and Dillard, you beat them three times this year. And what did it mean uh, more specifically to beat Dillard in the GCAC tournament? Well, you know, those games, those rivalry games, that's, that's one of those games where you definitely have to put on your bucket list. You know, uh, they talk about the Dukes and North Carolinas and things like that or that such, man. But, you know, this, this uh, Xavier Dillard rivalry game is, is one that you got to definitely put your eyes on. You know, it's been a tradition here in New Orleans for quite some time. Um, you know, um, a couple of years ago, I'll say this, a couple of years ago, Dillard beat us three times. Um, you know, they beat us. You know, we had a, a great year two years ago. And one right, we was a co-champions in regular season, and then it came down to the championship game. And they beat us in the championship game, and that was their third time beating us that year. So um, it definitely felt good to kind of repay that back because that, <laughs> that was really a sour taste in our mouth. So, uh but to be able to beat them, you know, for the for, in the semifinals of the conference tournament was was special. You know, they they had a really really good team, uh, two outstanding guards that made over 100 threes in a year. Um, that was really really solid. You know, and they came definitely with the A game, and we just just kind of stayed the course and do what we do best: play defense, and we got critical stops when we needed them, and was able to get a big time bucket at the end to kind of give us some separation. Yeah. Alfred Williams is the head men's basketball coach at Xavier of Louisiana in his fourth season. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. So, it, it, yeah, it's great to beat Dillard. And I guess what made it even more special because it allowed for you to get to the championship game, which, of course, you defeated uh, Tougaloo 78-75. to Talk about that victory. I mean, at the end of the day, this game was tied at 75 apiece with 32 seconds remaining. You guys were able to go up. Uh, by two points on a made bucket and then a free throw, 78 to 75. And the, at the end of the day, Tougaloo didn't even get off a shot to try and tie the basketball game. Uh, so to talk about that sequence, so we 75-75. We had just watched film earlier that day of uh, of Tougaloo, and we knew we had some options that, you know, once we went to this particular play, it would be open for us to get a, either a, a wide-open layup or, or possibly a wide-open shot. And so – um, the ball was in our point guard's hand, which happened to be a freshman. You know, he, he kind of, when we had the personnel on the floor that, you know, we got to stop, and then we wanted, didn't want to call a timeout to get them set up. So we spaced the floor out, 
you know, my point guard is very, very quick. So he we spaced the floor out, and then he got a step on their point guard and went to his spot and got the ball up on the glass, and it went in. And then uh, called a timeout. We came back, played great defense. They took a shot, missed it. We got the rebound, and my, fresh, my other freshman got the rebound. So he had to go to the line for uh, two shots. He made missed the first one, made the second one, put us up by three. And then we kind of relied on our defense at the end of the game. Um, you know, we were we were trying to foul in the initial, but he ended up driving the ball off his leg. And then my senior guard dove on the floor, got the ball to secure the win for us. Yeah. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, the GCAC uh, tournament MVP was William Lloyd, who was also our Box to Row National Player of the Week. And um, mm-hmm. in in one of the I forget which game, but he had 31 points in one of the games. Had a, an outstanding tournament. That was the Dillard game. The Dillard. Mm-hmm. It was oh, so it was it was in mm-hmm. the in a big time game. Obviously, all of them are big right. time, but especially against Dillard. But you know, speak about not only what he's meant in terms of in the tournament, but what he's meant to this team this year. Well, you know, he 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 his the Lloyd name in and Xavier's men's basketball is is strong. You know, his dad, his uncle both played uncles both played here. And so, um, you know, when he came until he came to us 2 years ago, uh transfer from Division 2 Spring Hill. Um, he, you know, he came into us and you know, just wanted the opportunity to continue to grow. You know, at Spring Hill, he was about 10 and 6 as a sophomore, so his junior year uh, at the end of the year, I want to say he was about 14, 15 points uh, and about eight, seven, eight rebounds. So he was a honorable mention All-American after his junior year. And so coming into this year, you know, we definitely wanted to, uh, you know, put him in position where he can win. You know, he's he's won his whole life. You know, he's won in high school and now leaving, you know, his last um, his last uh, game in the GCAC, he leaves as a champion. So. He's been great for us, you know. He he's put us on it on his back more than a few times, and you know we felt like you know he should have been in consideration for the MVP, uh, Player of the Year, uh, regular season, you know. But um, I always say anybody who you have to double team and triple team, that that guy has to be in a conversation for Player of the Year. But you know he he put us on 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 his back, and we were able to get him. Well, he was able to get us the, the championship and also himself the uh, tournament MVP. You know, you had a lot of success as a player, went to the NAIA National Tournament three times, won a regular season in the GCAC, and then, of course, as an Mm -hmm. assistant coach, a lot of success there. So i got to ask you, what was 2016-17 like for you, your first season Mm -hmm. as the head coach at Xavier, where you won 10 games? Man, you're 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 bringing up you're opening up old wounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, gotta open them up oh, to talk man. about the where you are now, yeah. though. You know, right, right. You know, it's funny too, cause you know, um, you know, my 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 SID, you know, Ed uh, Cassier, he just sent us something not too long ago, and it talked about your 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 your, your valleys. And talk about you know there's no success you know the rock bottom would teach you lessons that the mountaintops can never that never will, and when we were in that bottom you know it was uh, unfamiliar territory for us but we still was working hard it's just there were some things that you know you know bringing in a new system you know bringing in uh, you know trying to get personnel in July was extremely difficult and so that year taught us a lot just about. If if you don't have if you're not made of the right stuff, then it could easily 
it can easily, you know, help you question yourself, like, can you really do it? And so, you know, we heard some rumblings when I first got the job that, you know, was this the right guy for the job? Was this the right hire? And this and that. And so that that year prepared us for, you know, at, at, at lows of lows for us, you know. And then we had the second year, we ended up having the biggest turnaround in, in, in school history. And then we just kind of, you know, building, putting the culture in place, you know. But I, I don't think we have the success that we've had this year if it wasn't for that year. You know, we went through a lot of trials, um, you know, 20, 20 losses. That's a lot of losses, you know. And so, but uh, we kind of just stick with the plan, you know, kind of reevaluated ourselves as a coaching staff and also our recruiting and then just kind of continue to build, you know, and staying true to ourselves and, you know, I just I just feel like at the end of the day, man, hard work still works, and we kept putting the work in, and then all of a sudden our culture got built. Um, our, our guys who was with us four years ago are now seniors now, and they help put in help instill the culture of Xavier basketball the way we want to play, and you know, and then the 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 seeds have been set, the seeds have been planted, and now we're starting to you know grow the harvest of our of our hard work and everything. Alfred Williams is the head men's basketball coach at Xavier, Louisiana. He joins us here on the program. A couple of more thoughts, Coach Williams. We appreciate the time. Obviously, a lot of our schools uh, were in the NAIA. Uh, you, you know, when you're talking about back in the day, and, and the the one game I had an opportunity to witness was you and and Dillard uh, back in 2011. So speak about not only NAIA basketball and how competitive it is, but more specifically the GCAC, where really, I mean, you, there's been a, multiple champions the last couple of years. All right. Well, I think, you know, the GCAC, and we talk about this all the time as coaches in the GCAC, we feel like our league is one of those leagues that are not, you know, properly um, represented the right way. And so we try to continuously just push our brand. Um, you know, there are some really, really good coaches in this league, really good players, you know. And so, um, you know, when you start talking about it from a national standpoint, man, you know, we can our, our teams can compete with anybody nationally. And, you know, last couple of years, this year in particular, you know, we were, we had four teams in the top 25 at one point in time, you know, and so that's just a test to how good our league really is. And, you know, teams one through four, one through five could easily, you know, on a given night can easily, you know, could, could have could have flip-flopped and, you know, being a number one or a number two seed. So um, that's just how good this league is. And so it's, and it's only getting better. You know, our league has gotten better every single year, and I definitely see it continuously uh, with that trend. And so um, I'm excited about the, the future of, you know, the GCAC. Um, all the coaches are definitely, you know, continuously growing and getting better and, you know, wanting more success. So, uh, it's only going to get harder from here. So, uh, But, yeah, GCAC basketball is very, very good and vibrant right now. Alfred Williams, the head men's basketball coach at Xavier. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, we're going to be joined by Steve Weich of the NFL Network. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're going to talk some National Football League. And on the line, we're joined by a gentleman. You can see him, as a matter of fact, on NFL Network, and this Sunday he will be on the NFL Network talking about free agency. He is Steve Weich. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Steve, welcome back to the program. How are you and the family doing? Hey, man, things are good. It's, it's, it's a crazy time we're all going through, but unfortunately right now everybody's doing well and good health and good spirits. Let's just keep, uh, let's just all keep being diligent 
and being smart and and let's you know let's pull together and it's also not hoard all the toilet paper in the supermarket <laughs> i know man that is so like I mean, you, you it, that is so you're right that, that is so crazy i want to start here you know I, I i reached out to you about 48 hours ago and say hey can you come right. on the show i got so many things to talk to you about but man the, the 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 focus is sort of shifted maybe not so much with respect to the national football league but i want to start here with respect to the uh coronavirus uh, where do we stand with free agency and, and business with the National Football League? I wish uh, still uh, free agency is still going to begin on March 18th. Yeah, I mean, look, the way everything stands right now is none of that is going to change. You know, remember the collective bargaining agreement vote uh, is supposed to come down at midnight on Saturday. So there's basically going to be about a 24-hour window after that, a little bit later than that, maybe a 36-hour window where we will know the league rules going into the 2020 season, whether players vote for the new collective bargaining agreement, and there's 10 years of labor peace, and, and the, the rules adjust, or if they vote no on it, and they're going to go into the final year of the existing labor agreement. So once free agency starts on Monday, um, we'll know if there's going to be, you know, how many franchise tags are going to be available the types of contracts players can sign based on the, the salary cap and things like that. So no dates in terms of free agency or any of that are going to change. And understand this. I mean, in, in the first few days of free agency, it's almost all done by phone anyway. We know sometimes there are free agents who take visits and things like that. And, of course, that can't happen now because nearly every team in the NFL has shut down its facility because of the coronavirus. But business can operate as usual with, e-documents and things like that which is how it's going to be operating at least for the next few weeks uh with the nfl yeah and then let's you know let's get a little bit uh talk a little bit about the cba because you know it seemed like when it when it, the proposal was first put forth a lot of the players were forward and then you heard well maybe not so much and then the ownership maybe more recently said ah, maybe we didn't you know it, it's not such a great proposal uh, break it down a little bit for us and, you know, your thoughts. Will the players, uh, do you think the players will in fact sign this new CBA? You know, look, it's it really all depends. I mean, the most, some of the most outspoken voices we've heard have been from the most prominent players, Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman, J.J. Watt, Aaron Rodgers, and they're saying to say no to the new collective bargaining agreement because they think the 17th game is a non-starter. They know how taxing 16 games are. Um, you know, seventeenth game is just another, you know, reason to or another way to possibly risk more injury, um, especially because there's not a second buy. I don't know how how hard the players fought for that or not. I can't believe there's no second buy in there, and because they've added a playoff game um, for at least four teams. So I'm sorry, at least two teams. So that's the reason why some folks might say no. There's some other things being argued in there, um, but as a whole. The new deal is going to give more players more money. I mean, the top-end guys are going to always get more money. The quarterbacks, guys like that, they're always going to be the highest-paid guys. But the middle class and the, the lower-level minimum salary guys will be getting more annually. They will be getting more in retirement. So for guys like that, including practice squad guys, remember practice squad guys get half the minimum salary you know, because they're on a practice squad. Their number will go up. They will be eligible for a lot of retirement benefits that they were not eligible for under this current labor deal. So, you know, as it pertains to 
let's say the overall middle class, right, the, the middle and lower class, this new deal is significantly better for them. Now, granted, they're still the, the 17th game, but those are the players, the middle class and the lower players, they're the ones, you know, as you've heard some people say, they don't necessarily mind it because they actually get an opportunity to play a little bit more, which is something that they might, may not always get to do in a 16 regular season game. Do you ultimately, and, and maybe some of your talks or just your thoughts, do you ultimately think it gets signed? Hard to tell. I mean, you know, here's here's the thing. Okay, so right now there's about 2,000 players who are eligible to vote on this. How many of them actually vote? Typically in labor deals, we do not see, you know, let's say three-quarters of the athletes vote in, in any sport. And so I think the fewer votes there are, the more likely it is to get rejected. But I think if you probably surpass the 1,000 number on this, it will, we, it will probably get ratified and we will have a new collective bargaining agreement and labor peace uh, until 2030. Steve White of NFL Network and NFL.com joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Of course, you can check him out beginning this Sunday as he talks free agency on NFL Network. Tom Brady, uh, your thoughts. Where, where will Tom Brady be once free agency begins? Yeah, this is interesting because, um, you know, I've been speaking to a lot of folks lately and almost every one of them thinks he is not going back to New England in large part because – it doesn't seem like the Patriots are really, you know, bending over backwards saying, hey, you know, we're dying to have here. So there's a lot of thought that they're going to say, go test free agency, see what's out there. And if you don't like what you're, you know, what you're hearing, you can always come back. I think it's a guess as to where anyone, you know, as to where Tom Brady can go. But the people I've spoken to, but, you know, the, the team that seems to always come up first in those conversations is the Tennessee Titans. I get it. If you're the Titans, why wouldn't you go after him? Uh, Mike Vrabel, of course, is a former teammate of his, the head coach of the Titans. I know Ryan Tannehill had a great eight or nine games that he played last year, but are you really going to bank on him doing that for a full 16-game season uh, next year? Because remember, next year, by the way, speaking of 16 games, that's all that would be played in 2020. 17 won't go into the following year. But, would you bank on him, or would you bank on Tom Brady with that roster you have? So I think Tennessee seems to uh, to be a likely landing place, even though you hear teams like the Chargers, the Raiders, and Buccaneers are going to go after him. I just frankly can't see, based on those teams' uh, histories, him really being that interested in going there, even if they offer the most money. Yeah, I mean, I mean my thought always was, and I, I realize, you know, the National Football League is different you know, from other sports like the NBA where you may have the Charlotte Hornets or the New Orleans Pelicans where there are smaller markets, whereas in the National Football League, it's the National Football League. So, I mean, but but would would Tom Brady go to a small market like Tennessee or more specifically Nashville? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it really matters. He's Tom Brady. I mean, he could play in, you know, Paducah, Kentucky. You know, but if, if you go to a market like Nashville, look, they're going to sell out that stadium. They do a pretty good job of putting butts in the seats anyway. They were a playoff team last year. They were a really good team last year. And he can do all the advertisements and the things that he does in the offseason. He can do them from, from L.A., Paris, wherever he does them. But once he gets to Nashville, he'll be all about playing football. Just like when he went to Foxborough, he was all about playing football. And the fact that he would be in a different location, he would be garnering so much more attention especially in a market like that where those fans are just dying for a championship. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't think he would have a problem going to a smaller market or even, you know, again, I, I don't think he would end up in a place like Tampa Bay based on those just clubs kind of historical lack of success and, and leadership and, and things like that. But if he went to a place like Tennessee, it wouldn't be problematic at all. Steve Weich of NFL Network joins us here on the program. Follow him on Twitter at Weich89. Dak Prescott, Steve, what's, you know, what's the latest uh, with him? Ultimately, will he... Uh, signed uh, as a, uh, you know be signed by the Cowboys or uh, ultimately will they uh, in fact franchise tag him? Well, I mean, look, they, they may if they can't get a deal done in the next couple of days, they're going to have to franchise until he doesn't hit the market. I mean, even if it's just a placeholder. But I think what they would rather do is to sign him to a long-term deal and franchise tag wide receiver Amari Cooper so they can make sure they bring both of them back. But I think eventually Dak's going to get a long-term deal. It would be interesting as, as hell if he were to hit the open market to see how many teams would dive in after him, knowing that Tom Brady and Philip Rivers and, and so many other quarterbacks are going to be on the open market, as well as this being a pretty solid rookie quarterback class coming in, to see how much interest that he would get. Um, I think Dallas is, is his best fit regardless to make money um, to go. I think he'd be great in Mike McCarthy's system down there. Remember Mike McCarthy, the new head coach of the Cowboys, so I think, I think a long-term deal will get done. But, again, they may have to tag him um, if they don't get it done in the next couple of days. Yeah. You mentioned Phillip Rivers. You know, it's an interesting dynamic there. I mean, ultimately, I mean, it seems like someone would sign him. He's Phillip Rivers, but, he, but he's on the downside. I mean, he ultimately, does he, uh, does he get signed for 2020? Yeah, I mean, I think a team like the Indianapolis Colts will take a serious look at him. Um, I think the Colts will be in play for you know him and possibly Teddy Bridgewater, um, but Philip Rivers has, is not playing his best football. I mean, the last two years, um, we can blame part of it on not having a great offensive line, but you know he's got Keenan Allen, he's got Mike Williams, you know he had Melvin Gordon, he had skill player positions who can make up uh, for some of the issues, and it was just not good for him since the team moved to Los Angeles. I think he hated the fact that. Every game that they played in that small stadium was basically a road game. But he just simply is not the player that we saw, you know, for most of his career, which is why a team like the Colts would be great. A dome team, um, they run the football, they play great defense. I mean, it's everything that would be perfect for him, except when it comes to them, he throws a lot of interceptions. I mean, he, he has been giving it up almost like James Winston the past couple of years. So that's something that they would have to take into account if they're really going to pursue him. And, and, and I'll tell you this. I don't think he goes to a team just to go to a team. If he doesn't think it's the right fit, I think he'll go ahead and retire. Yeah. Follow Steve on Twitter, at White89. Of course, you can check him out beginning on Sunday on NFL Network as he talks free agency. He is Steve White. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As always, Steve, great insight, man, and we look forward to catching up with you real soon. Hey, thanks for having me on. Been too long. Take care. Good insight from Steve Weich of NFL Network. You know, the uh, NF, the National Football League canceled its HBCU combine uh, because of, obviously, the coronavirus. You know, I was skeptical. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was skeptical uh, about the whole HBCU combine from the jump. I think it's a great thing for our schools, obviously. But this is sort of, I have a couple of issues with it. I mean, to me, if you can play they're going to be able to find you. They know who can play, right? Uh, I don't want to minimize the fact that it's a good opportunity 
for some of the some of the guys maybe that didn't make the combine those type of things but they it, it, just because you don't make the combine doesn't mean you can play we've had many players that have been drafted uh, from HBCUs that did not participate uh, in the combine the second thing is why are why are there only two players that are being offered from each school why not have the National Football League send a send scouts to respective schools for workouts. Dude, there are a lot of diamonds in the rough. There are a lot of guys that I mean, I could name, you know, a bunch of guys that had subpar careers at HBCUs that went on, you know, to play in the National Football League. Why only two guys? Why don't you take a contingency of scouts uh and 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 do it right? You know, that's my thing. And then of course HBCUs fall under um, uh, under the umbrella of smaller schools. So the smaller schools uh, that are non-HBCUs uh, are not getting this opportunity. Um, why is it open only for HBCUs? And that's not, you know, listen, you, you know me, I'm all about HBCUs, but I'm just skeptical of the National Football League and the motives behind the National Football League uh, for this particular combine, which I guess now is null and void because of the coronavirus more from the press box to press row on the other side it's donald Ware, hosted from the press box to press row the biggest names our guests on box to row that is the voice of kevin durant oh yeah well i'm just you know trying to get better every single day you know uh, we've been through a lot as a team and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Yeah, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. It's Donald Ware. From the press box to press row. We're back here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Join us on the conversation. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W. Or on Facebook, B O X, the number two R O W. You can hit me on my personal Twitter account at DWare1, at DWare1. Also follow me while you're there. Or my personal Instagram account at where Donald at where Donald. So obviously we've been talking a lot about the coronavirus. We got a, got away actually a little bit uh, from it in the last couple of segments in the last segment joined by Steve White of NFL network is uh, the national football league uh, pretty much at least as things stand right now, going to be business as usual, when you heard Steve mention a lot of the transactions that can happen via free agency, etc., can happen uh, via phone, via email, etc. And we'll see how things play out, because when you're talking about this coronavirus, like we it, things change on a daily basis and not really even a daily basis. Sometimes they change on an, 
you know, could change on an hourly basis. I mean, you see, you know, if you look at where and, and this is my thought, like a lot of the tournaments that uh, were played and, and were started during the course or at the beginning of the week. You know, my initial thought, at least uh, by Thursday, was that, you know, I didn't think that some of those tournaments were going to be uh, were going to be uh, really canceled in the middle or towards the latter part of the tournaments just because you had already played it at that point. I think, you know, even some tournaments had put uh, in place where fans wouldn't be part of the tournament. But you've seen where every tournament has been shut down. Sporting events. I mean, there, there are no sports uh, that are going on right now, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But that's my thing. Like, things change when you get more information from the CDC or we have more cases of people that have the coronavirus. It's it, Things definitely continue to change, and that's the thing. Uh, one of the things about this is just sort of the change. Um, with that, we'll see. I mean, uh, again, um, when we're talking about the, the, the National Football League draft that is upcoming, where does that stand? I mean, you look at the NBA right now, it's suspended operations for 30 days uh, as we stand right now. How will that change moving forward? What, what do things look like uh, in the next uh, 30 days? What do things look like in the next few days i mean you're trying to get masses of people um uh away from each other if you will so that um this uh this virus can be contained or try to be contained but things are are really ever evolving so um you know it's an interesting time really uh without sporting events i think you know now it'll probably allow for me and again as i mentioned you know, at least as we stand right now, um, uh, my daughter has a weekend softball tournament. We'll see how that plays out. But I mean, we, you know, we're not even talking about in the we're, we're we're talking about in the now, but we have to talk about things sort of moving forward. But I guess it'll give me, you know, an opportunity maybe to, you know, to watch. Uh, you know, it's been some some uh, some series that I've been wanting to watch on, the, you know, the various streaming channels. And so it may give me an opportunity uh, to do that. But, you know, you 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 look at this and, and you look at where things are um, and, you know, just how much, uh, you know, we live in really in a society where pretty we're pretty much, you know, pretty much free and pretty much have uh, the opportunity to do um a lot of the things that we want to do and you know now you're looking at something that is as extremely serious like you know i you know you 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 think back to what h1n1 and um uh you know all of these other various diseases that uh you know we've had even more recently and i I can't remember where there's been uh more fear uh more precautionary measures being taken and you know maybe i'm you know uh, you know i i i try not to necessarily uh live in the moment from the respect of forgetting what has happened in the past but i just don't like i don't remember uh all of these precaution these precautionary measures that are being taken now haven't been taken with respect uh, to those various diseases and those various 
uh, viruses. And it's, you know, it's scary. I mean, it's it, it is scary. You know, at least at least where we stand uh, right now, I know in the state of North Carolina where we are and we're more specifically uh, in Raleigh. Uh, there, there are some some school systems in counties nearby uh, that where their last day of classes, at least until the beginning uh, part of April, uh, were on Friday. As a matter of fact, so you know, it, 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 it and I'm talking about uh, I'm not talking about colleges. I mean, that's a whole different scenario where a lot of the colleges are um, either mandating that online classes be taken or recommending that you only take classes online and you know it's interesting from from the uh the 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 sports side of this thing we saw where the ivy league canceled its basketball tournament to start and i think a lot of eyebrows were raised behind that and a lot of uh, maybe I, I don't, I, you know, maybe some criticism behind it. But look, the Ivy League has shown everybody the way to uh, where we are now, where every, all of the major uh, sports have canceled uh, various events. Even the National Football League, although business right now uh, from uh, from the free agency side of things uh, is going to move forward. We'll see how things happen uh, with the National Football League. A draft that is going to be upcoming. I think it's towards the latter part of April. Where do we stand with that? I mean, I think you can still have a draft, even if we're in the sort of the same scenario with being extremely uh, not only precautionary, but, you know, where does the virus stand in a month? You can, uh, you know, do you push the National Football League draft back? Uh, do you have it where uh, where you do like uh, some other drafts uh, have done in the past uh, where you, you know, just make the announcements. Uh, you know, the, obviously it's less dramatic, but I mean, I don't think you're going to you know, you're necessarily going to hold up uh, the National Football League draft. But I mean, so many different things going on from an, an economic standpoint, you know, where how it's already it had already begun to affect us uh, via the Dow Jones, Nasdaq. Uh, the stock markets, et cetera. And I'm not trying to, um, uh, you know, uh, what I'm trying to do is just trying to say we got to be aware of really what's going on. And w once we are able to get through this, this should be um, a lesson uh, to all of us that, listen, tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised. You think you, you know, you think you leave your house uh, during the day and, 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 and that morning and, uh, you, you know, you think you're going to come back home. I mean, it's it, you, you know, you it's not promised like we got we have to, uh, in fact, be able to understand that. And uh, and, and so this is definitely uh, well, you know, I'm, uh, you know, you, you look back to 9-11, you know, I can I, I certainly was around. Uh, much younger uh, during uh, 9/11, but this is this is different. You know, this is uh, this is this is different uh, than even 9/11 was. Your thoughts? Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row B O X T O R O W, or on Facebook B O X the number two R O W. What are you gonna do during this time? If you're a huge sports fan, like everybody's not a sports fan, so uh, for some. 
you have various gatherings and it's not just about sports obviously that's what we do on this program but it's just not about sports i mean there are so many other things i mean it's a lot of mandates from states that are saying uh, they don't want to have people that are uh, where it's going to be uh, uh, the numbers are going to be 250 people, even 100 people gathering together. That that means um, churches as well, although my church is uh, is uh, is is uh, uh, we're having service on Sunday. We're going to be there uh, on Sunday. But a lot of uh, the recommendations at the state level are saying, you know, limit the gatherings, you know, you're, you're going to see it, it is. And you hear that sort of hear that term. And we've heard that term. It's going to get uh, worse before it gets better. Well, that definitely is happening and definitely is going to continue to happen. But what are you going to do if you're a huge sports fan? No sports on TV. You know, this is going to affect a lot of people from a financial standpoint. I love uh, what Mark Cuban is doing. And, you know, you look at Kevin Love has donated, what, $100,000 to workers um, at uh, at Cleveland uh, associated with the Cavaliers. And Mark Cuban uh, talking about how to take care of uh, Dallas Mavericks employees. And I think that's an awesome thing because this is going to hit a lot of people uh, in the pockets, especially with respect to sporting events and those that uh, work sporting events, the parking attendants, the ushers, et cetera, the concessionaires, et cetera, et cetera. You know, uh, it's just wow. I tell you what, this is this is different. This is this is different uh, than anything that I can remember experiencing in my lifetime. Got to get ready to run here on from the press box to press row. Thank you to Steve White of NFL Network for joining us on the program today. And uh, we're going to continue to monitor this thing. Of course, you can uh, hit us up via Twitter at box to row b o x t o r o w or on Facebook b o x the number two. R-O-W, also uh, on our website where we have some great information at BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. <laughs> 